Welcome back. This is the Axiom Youth Podcast. Thank you for tuning in again. This lesson is taught by our youth pastor, Brother Jared Turner, and it's entitled Love. We hope you enjoy. Thank you. Let me preach about this and kind of like this, but I'm going to do it a little bit differently tonight because we're going to read Romans chapter number 13 and we're going to read verse number 9. And it says this, so listen closely. For this you shalt not, or you should not, commit adultery. Right? Now that word adultery is talking about a sexual sin where you are unfaithful to your spouse. And I think it implies when you are not yet married and you're in a sexual relationship that's inappropriate. Right? So this, this carries both connotations. So for this, this is a commandment, right? God has certain things to say about that subject. You shall not kill, right? You shall not steal, all right? Now, I don't need you to point fingers at anybody. Just let God take care of that, right? You shall not kill. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness or lie. Lie on people. Right? Tell the cops that they did it when they, you know they didn't. Right? I know it's hitting a little close to home for some of you. Right? No, no, it's all right. No, we're, okay. You shouldn't bear false witness. Right? If you tell the cops who've done it, they better have done it. Right? You shall not covet, which means you shouldn't desire what other people have and be real envious because the rich people have more. You should be happy with what you have. And if there be any other commandment, all right? So, listen, listen. This is what got me thinking. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying. So, God's going to give you a shortcut, right? He's going he's gonna to kind of cut to the chase. Have you ever heard that phrase? He's, he's going he's gonna to give you just a... Just a shortcut almost. He's going to sum it all up briefly. Right? So this is what, this is what the Bible says. That's briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love. Somebody say love. 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 Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That's that's what I'm gonna that's what I'm gonna preach about tonight is love. Now shh, I don't need any comments. I'm gonna preach about love. Because we have got to get back to the basics of what it means to be Christians. Because we cannot get caught up in everything in our life and forget what it means to be a Christian. And because a Christian is what incorporates or involves your whole life. So this commandment, right, that is briefly summed up in loving people. Now, why would God sum up his commandments, right, in just telling people to Love. Now, here, here's, here's where we're going tonight. 
I need you to pay attention, okay? Because the Bible says, how many know the Bible says that God is love? How many have, how many have ever heard that before? Absolutely, God is love. So this is kind of the first place where you're going to encounter God is in His love. Right? This is going to be the first kind of aspect. This has got to be the first kind of place where you encounter God. It's got to be in His love because all of the commandments, Brother Cumarius, can be summed up in one word, briefly and concisely, and that word is love. Everything in the Bible can be summed up, this is what I want to preach tonight, in one word, and that is love. You look at this book and you say, I don't know how I could get anything out of this book. It is so old. It's got such old language. It's written by so many people. It's got a bunch of crazy stories about battles, about war, about crucifixions, about dying daily, about killing the flesh, about breaking bread, about fire falling from heaven, about waters parting, about people walking on the water. And I don't know how I'm ever going to understand anything about God. I don't know how I'm ever going to live for God. I don't know how I could ever be a Christian. I don't know how anything of this will work. And the answer to all of that can be summed up very briefly is what this verse was telling us is that it can be summed up in one word. The whole theme of the Bible is love is love. That's what the book is about. That's its main message. That's what it's trying to communicate to you. So if I could tell you one thing tonight and listen to me, I'd say, Marcus, I said I was going to preach till you got it, and I mean that. So I need you to focus. All right, I could go all night. Okay, right? I, I came to preach one thing, one thing tonight. And that thing is, listen to me, is that God loves you. Is that God, no, love is not just a word. Listen to me, I'm not mad, that's a, that's a, that's a thing that the culture says, that love is just a word. But it's not just a word. There is such a thing. Listen to me, Michaela. There is such a thing as the love of God. And it is different than what this world says love is. It is a different concept. Right? And that's where you've got to come to know God is in His love. Because if you don't know God in His love, then I would argue, Brother Tyler, that you don't know even what love is. Because people in this world live a very broken life. I was talking to two young people today. Young people, by my standards, they're a little bit older than me, but they're still relatively young, especially because I meet with a lot of older people. But these are young people. And I was beginning to talk to them, and they were talking a little bit about their family situation and their struggles. And you know, both of them were abused as children by a parent in the home. They have a mixed up definition of what love is. Because what the person that was supposed to protect them, a person that was supposed to be the one that supported them and loved them and embraced them, did things to harm them. And it, was, it distorted who they were. So you know what those people need? They need to know that God loves them. That's what they need to know. They don't need to list all the different things that are wrong in their life. They probably know 
what's wrong in their life. They know that they need to fix this and they need to fix that and they need to get this wrong. And they, they, they hate when they respond that way. They hate when they respond in that anger. They hate that relationship. They hate that stuff. You, we pretty much kind of know what's bad behavior. Right? And, but the problem is sometimes we don't know how to fix it. And we don't know how to correct it. But the way to do that is love. The way to do that is experience God's love. The way to do that is to realize, hey, God loves me. I remember I was preaching one time when I was just in Bible college. I was preaching at a church and we were in, it was a youth service and we were in the sanctuary. And I mean, this, it's a big place. Big church, probably could seat three or four hundred people. And the youth group was about your size, that not, not many more people than this. And they sat on the front rows, and so I'm back here behind the pulpit, and they had a big pulpit, so I couldn't see anything. I could, it looked like I was preaching to an empty church. So I did, maybe this is where it started, but I did what I always do. I couldn't stand to be up here so far away because I didn't, couldn't see, remember talked about, I couldn't see the whites of their eyes, right? I couldn't, I couldn't get through, right? So I had to, had to come down, had to look at them, right? Make sure that they were listening to me, right? Look them right in the eye and say, are you listening? You know, make sure, make sure that they understood that what I was trying to get across to them. And I, I probably preached a subpar kind of sermon. I don't know. It probably wasn't any, any good. But I remember what I preached about. I preached about Samson. And Delilah. How many have ever heard the story of Samson and Delilah? Oh, good. You know, because I, I, I was preaching about love because I found it interesting that Samson loved Delilah, the Bible says, but it, the Bible never says that Delilah loved Samson. Because you can love things in the world and the world doesn't really offer much love in return, right? And that story is true because... Delilah just wanted to use Samson. She did not love him. He really loved her, but his love was misplaced. So I was preaching on that, and we could preach on that a while, but it, I, I don't know if it was the greatest sermon, but that's what I was preaching on. And there were two kids that were sitting right here where Brother Caleb and Brother Dalton were sitting, right here on the front row. And I honestly could not tell if they were boys or if they were girls. Now, I know, I know I can tell what y'all are, but I honestly could not tell whether these kids, young kids were girls or boys. Come to find out it was one of each. They were brother and sister. But they looked, they, they weren't, I don't know if they were twins, but they looked a lot alike in the way that they wore their hair, which was long. They wore their hair long and they liked it in their face and they kind of liked to hide. And I think they had hoods up at one point and they were the, and they had like their, the matching shoes, matching pants. And so they're just kind of there and they're just kind of looking down. And the whole first part of the worship and the sermon, I can't see their face, right, at all. I can't, I can't see anything that's going on in their, with their facial features at all. They're just, and I think, Brother Dalton, they even broke open a comic book and started reading it on the front row. Now, so they're just not paying attention at all. And they've, uh, clearly they have not been to church very much, right? They didn't know that, maybe they didn't even know that's not what you're supposed to do in church. But I'm preaching along and I just, whatever, you know, just going along and they're just kind of still down there and the rest of the church kids are kind of listening. But you know what? I said something and it wasn't like, I didn't have to study hours to do it. It wasn't some grand revelation. I just, in the course of my sermon, I said, God loves you. I just said that. God loves you. And for the first time, they put their book away. 
And they, for the first time, I saw their face. Their faces. And you could tell one was a girl, one was a boy. And their face just kind of came out of their hair. And the whole time, they weren't talking. They weren't poking fun at their neighbor. They were listening. Because, I, and I really felt that right then in that moment. This is maybe the first and only time they have ever known that God loves them. And that was what caught their attention. They weren't interested in Samson. They weren't interested in Delilah. They weren't interested in the battle between good and evil of the world. They wanted to know, does God love me? They came to the altar. They prayed. I don't know what happened to them, but I asked them what, what I could pray with them about. And they said, Mom and Dad have really been fighting a lot lately. See, there was no love. And they needed to know, does God love me? You need to know that God loves you. You need to know that. It needs to be inside of you, young people, because the only way you're going to serve God is if you really have a knowledge and an understanding that God loves me, that God has concern for me. I'll never forget another story. I'm going to illustrate it again. My uh, school principal, I went to a Christian school, he told this story that he was driving down the street next to our school, and there was a strange lady that was just standing on the side of the road. And as he passed her, Michaela, sit up. Sit up. Yes. Sit up. No, all the way. As he passed her, he said, I felt the Lord say to me, pull over and tell her, I love you. He said, as he passed, he thought, Lord, that's crazy. This is just a strange woman on the street. I'm not saying that. He said, but he couldn't get away from it. So he went into his, to the school parking lot, turned around, drove back up, got out of his car, walked up to her, and he didn't say, uh, ma'am, I know this is going to be kind of awkward, but God told me to, he just looked at her, and he said, I love you. I love you. And you know, instantly, because it was from God, that lady began to cry. And she said, you know what? I was just sitting here thinking about ending my life. And I just was wondering, does even God love me? And I just asked God, do you love me? And then Brother Barkus was there to say, I love you. And she didn't hear the voice of a man, but she heard the voice of God. Because God was speaking to her. Because God was reaching for her. Because God wanted her to know that he loved her. He didn't need her to know all the areas in her life that were wrong. And that were broken. And that she needed to fix. That would come later. But it could be summed up in one word. I love you. I love you. I love you. I've got something for you, and it's different than what this world has for you. I've got something for you here in my life. In the life that God gives, I've got something more. I've got something more, but it's got to come through the love of God. And until uh, that's all I'm preaching tonight is that God loves you. I don't know what you're battling with. I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know what sin is going on in your life. And we could lay it out and I could give you the facts and the reasons as to why that sin is ripping apart your life. But you have got to know that God loves you. You've got to know that when this world lets you down, that God is still there and he's still reaching and he's still 
pulling for you. And when the sin and the guilt and the weight and the heaviness of life begin to weigh down on you, you've got to remember that God loves you. When people abuse you and your family even may let you down, you've got to know that God loves you. When people fail you, you've got to know that God loves you. That's the only way you're going to live for God. That's the only way you're going to make it is if you know that He loves you. That's where it starts, Brother Dalton. That's how it can be summed up briefly in that word love. This is a brief caption of all the commandments is love. How am ever am I going to serve God and be that rigid kind of Christian person? You know why you can live that way? Is because you realize that God loves you. And when you realize that God loves you and that He gave His life for you, then it is so much easier. Because you've got to know that God loves you. And I just feel like, I know I harp on stuff. I know I get on stuff and I, and I try to convince you and I try to tell you stories that you've got to take living for God seriously, that you've got to live for Him with all your heart, that you've got to you know, kind of push back from this world, that you've got to kind of get away from this, the, the, the peer pressure and all that kind of stuff if you're going to live for God. But you know what, really? And I, I could convince you until I'm blue in the face. I could talk to you. I could reason with you. But you know what's really going to help you live for God? You know what's really going to help you be saved, Brother Kumaris? Is you've got to know that God loves you. You've got to feel His love. You've got to experience His love. Because when you feel that love, then, Brother Caleb, you can do anything He asks you to do. When he, sometimes God's got to remind me of his love because sometimes it gets a little bit hard to live for him. Sometimes you just feel like I want to do what I want to do. I don't want to go to church on a Wednesday night. I don't want to preach on a Wednesday night. I don't want to drive the van. I don't want to sing. I don't want to lead worship. I don't want to be faithful at school. I don't want to say no to that. I want to just go with the crowd. I just want to be involved. And you know what keeps you going is because you're reminded that God loves you. It's not because you're reminded of all the lists of rules and things that you cannot do, but you are reminded what it felt like when you first learned, when you first heard God loves you, when you first heard that voice from heaven, and it's got to come from God. I'm here to tell you that God loves you, and you can believe me or you cannot believe me, but I'm here to tell you, just give God a chance. Just open up your heart and say, God, do you really love me? Do you really have something for me? Me, this little person that maybe nobody else looks at. Maybe you don't even get the best grades. Maybe you're not, you think nobody knows your name. Nobody loves you, but God loves you. Maybe you've been through things that we have no idea what even is going your home or in your life or in your heart and maybe even if your family looks nice and you've got all this stuff but something's going on maybe on your social media account or on your cell phone when you flip off the light at night and there's something that's just harassing you and putting you down and guilt and shame is crushing in on your life I just here to came to tell you tonight that God loves you that He loves you through that. That He loves you in spite of that. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. He went to the cross and He died for you because He loves you. That is a basic of the Christian faith. That God so loved the world that He gave that He gave, that He gave, that He gave, and He never stopped giving, Brother Caleb. When you were unfaithful, God was faithful. When I was unfaithful, God was faithful. God loved me. God stayed with me. God was patient with me, Brother Chris, when I didn't always listen to Him. Not Chris. 
Marcus, I'm sorry. Marcus, Brother Marcus, Isaiah, Marcus, Isaiah. No, I didn't mean that. Listen, when God was, when, when I was not faithful, when I was not paying attention, God was paying attention to me. When I get your name wrong, God never forgets your name. God knows where you're at. God knows who you are. God does, not, does, God does not make a mistake. God does not make trash. God does not make faulty material. You were created. Listen to me. I didn't come to preach a real complicated message. I just came to remind you that God loves you. God loves you. And I know, I know it, it can be kind of weird sometimes at church. I understand that sometimes we... When, when we really just want you to pray. And, want, and, and I think we need to work towards that, young people. We need to create an environment where we have worship and we have prayer. Because you know what happens in those environments, Brother Caleb? Is that God can, be, can begin to communicate. Whereas we who know how to pray, we who have received the gift of the Holy Ghost, we can kind of remember what it's like to feel the love of God. We can remember what it's like to be at an NAYC. And we can remember what it's like to be at an HYC. And to feel that presence of God. We can look back and we can remember what it was like the first time God filled us with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That first time when we really sought the Lord in our room and He came down and He touched us and He helped us. And if you haven't had those experiences, I, I, I hope you by now you know that they are available to you. I hope you know that it's available to you, that you can call on the Lord and you can feel His touch. But then those of us who know that it's available to us have a responsibility when we come into this room that we, and when we come into that room that we lift up the name of Jesus. That, that's what worship is about. It gets God's attention. And it, tur- it makes people that come in that don't know that that's available to them. That don't know that God loves them because there are people out there that don't know that. We take that for granted because we grow up singing, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. But there are folks that don't know that. And so we have a responsibility. Listen to me. We have a burden to lift up the name of Jesus. We have a responsibility and a burden to not be talking in church. We have a responsibility and a burden that when the song starts, even if we don't know all the words, we try to connect that song to our heart and we try to lift up our hands and we try to say, thank you, Jesus, because I know that you love me. And you know what that does? That creates an atmosphere where somebody else can begin to feel the love of God and that's what they need. That's what they've got to have. They've got to feel that love because it sums up everything that the Bible says can be summed up in that one feeling that God loves me. He loves me. How am I ever going to get all of this knowledge into my head and into my heart? It comes one way through the love of God. Through the love of God. The Bible also tells us, and I'm coming to a close quickly. I'm I'm almost done. Because when you get to that place, 
when God can speak to you, when God can talk to you, when God can let you know that he loves you. In those moments, Brother Caleb, that's when you can give things to God. Those are the, that's the kind of atmosphere where God asks, Brother Cumarius, for your devotion. Where God asks for you to repent of some things. Where God says, can you give that up for me? Can you ask for forgiveness? Right? It's in those moments of love. You say, I don't know how you Christian people, I don't know how you do. I don't know how you live that way. I don't know how you don't watch that stuff. I don't know how you don't be a part of that stuff. I don't know how you live so strict and so uh, rigid. I don't, know how, I don't know how that works. I don't know how you live by those standards and all that stuff. You know how you do it? It's when you get in the presence of God and you begin to feel the love of God that God begins to talk to you about that stuff that's going on in your life. He begins to deal with your heart in, that, in an atmosphere not of condemnation and of fear and of this will never be any better and I can't believe you did that and I'm ashamed of you and you are just no good. That's not the attitude and that's not the atmosphere of repentance. That's not the atmosphere of God, I'm sorry. That's not the atmosphere when God begins to work on you. But you know what the atmosphere is? Is love. When you know that God cares for you and that he has your best interest at heart and that he loves you. That's the kind of atmosphere where God can begin to work on you. Where you can begin to get free of some things that you cannot be free of on your own. So that's the, that's the one message tonight. Sister Hannah, if you could help us out. I want, you to, I want everybody to close, close your eyes. Nobody looking around, nobody talking. I want you just to close your eyes. I don't want you to think about anybody else beside you or around you. And I just want you to know, I want you to listen to me, and I want you to know that God loves you. I want you to know that God loves you. No matter what's going on in your life right now, no matter what's happening that's bad, I want you to know that God loves you. And the beautiful thing about true love Love is not just empty-hearted acceptance and like, okay, we'll stay where you are. But the Bible talks about that faithful are the wounds of a friend. That somebody that loves you like a faithful parent, they're going to point out what's wrong in your life. But they're going to do it because they love you. All this stuff, all these rules, all these things where you feel guilt and you know you shouldn't do it and you just can't help yourself and it goes right back. Or, or maybe God's calling you to do something else, to be a witness at school. Maybe you say, Brother Jared, I don't struggle with doing a lot of stuff wrong, but I, I, I just I, I want to be a witness at school. I, 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 I want to I answer that call of God on my life. You know how you're going to get to that next level? It's when you get in the love of God and you begin to feel His Spirit. And you begin to feel His voice talking to you and helping you and lifting you up. And you know what? In that moment, when you realize God loves me and He's got my best interest at heart, you know what? Then it's a lot easier to say yes. 
Yes, Lord, I will. I will repent of that, God. Yes, Lord, I will accept your forgiveness. Yes, God, I will be a witness at school. Yes, Lord, I will give up that sport or that thing or that activity, God. Yes, I will be faithful to church. Yes, I will, God, be involved in whatever way I can. Yes, I will live for you. Yes, I will. It's in an environment and it's in an atmosphere of love. And God's love never takes advantage of you. God's love never hurts you. God's love is never selfish. But He always has your best interests at heart. No matter how much people love you, people can still be people. And people can still have selfish motives. But when God begins to talk to you, young people, that's why it's so important. That's why I'm so serious right now is because when God begins to talk to you, when you begin to feel the love of God, when you begin to hear His voice, you cannot question what He's asking you to do. You cannot question His motives. Why? Because you know that He loves you. And as you begin to repent, as you begin to say, God, I want this stuff out of my life because you have Help me see that it is not good for me. That this relationship or this attitude or this action or this thing that I'm watching is not good for me. And as you begin to get that out of your life and God begins to forgive you, you can be filled with His Spirit. And when you're filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, you will speak in other tongues. And it won't come from your mind. It won't come from you learning how to speak in tongues. It will come from the love of God being so strong in you that something begins to happen and something begins to come out of your heart. So while your eyes are still closed, I want to pray for you. And I want you... Those, those of you that know how to pray, I want you to lift your voice with me right now. God, we need your love to come into this place right now. God, there are young people here, Lord, that need to know, God, that you love them. There are young people here, God, that desperately, Lord, they need to know that you love them, God. And Lord, we want to do better. I want to do better as a youth group, God. I want to do better as a youth pastor, Lord, to create the atmosphere, God, where somebody can come and find your love. God, I pray right Right now that you would help us Lord as a youth group God I pray Lord Jesus that you would just talk to us Lord and that you would help us God Lord we need you God we need to feel the love of God in this place there are young people here God that we have no idea what they're facing God there are those of us Lord that may have came in and we may look fine on the outside but there may be something seriously wrong Lord and it's going to take your love to fix it it's going to take your love to heal it's going to take your love to deliver it's going to take your love to to touch and to bless God I pray that you would just work and I pray that you would deliver and I pray that you would begin to heal God I pray Lord Jesus that you would just begin to work right now in the name of Jesus God I pray that you would begin to draw somebody's heart to you I pray God right now in the name of Jesus that you would just begin to work God in the name of Jesus Lord I love you God. I love you Jesus I worship you I lift you God.